welcome to the Geek Down podcast, the show where two geeks come together, sit down, and talk about where their fandoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And this is episode 24. Episode 24. See, now you're doing the repeating. Because it's fun. I just want to establish it for the... I, we should be proud of that. It's an it's, accomplishment. I'm, pr- I'm proud. It's like I'm emphasizing. Where every, is your, where's your horn? The horn is for special occasions. Okay, I'm just saying that... Next week. Episode 25. And 25? Maybe we get a quick one. Quick one for episode 25. All right. It's an important milestone, double-sized anniversary issue. So Double-sized anniversary issue? I don't know. Oh, I was going to say, because I've already got complaints <laughs> that our show is too long, so... Fuck that person. Hey! Who's that? Language. It's someone who, <laughs> whose opinion I hold very high and who listens to the show all the time, so don't be scaring listeners off. Because I have not heard that from anybody. The one time well, we came in like under an hour and 20 minutes, people were like mad and yelling at me. <laughs> Well, I'm okay. The person knows who they are. I'm sorry I brought it up. I apologize. All right. So there are many ways you can listen to this show. <laughs> First and foremost, soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod. Follow us there. New episodes go live each and every week, sometime between Tuesday and Friday. Thursday-ish. Sometimes. Uh, you'll never have to worry about that if you just subscribe to us on iTunes. Because you know what happens? When you subscribe on iTunes, it just shows up. Magic. Yeah. You don't have to worry about a goddamn thing. Fairies bring the podcast through the internet <laughs> and deposit it in iTunes. You will never, like, literally. You don't have to, you don't worry about a thing. Nothing. You just, it's there. Yeah. You don't have to be coming to me. Where's the podcast? You know what? If there was a podcast, you'd have it. If you just, you know, would subscribe. It is that easy. Um, That fairy thing, that is how it works, right? I'm pretty sure. Or gnomes. Okay. Or yeah, espers right. yep. of some sort. Okay, got it. Uh, as well, you can contact us through the various social medias. It's usually Geek Down Pod for everything, including our Facebook group. Which is, you don't even look at me anymore, uh, www.facebook.com yes. mm-hmm. forward slash. Forward slash. Geek Down Pod. Geek Down Pod. And you can, as we've told people, but they refuse to do it, you can just, you know, say, hey, you can ask us to review things, you can have suggestions for us, you can ask us questions. You can complain that the show's too long. You can complain that the show's too long. Or, you know, if you are well-versed in podcasts or have your own podcast, maybe give us some ideas about, you know, what could improve the podcast. And then Jordan can shoot them down. (laughs) Why do you think I'm automatically going to shoot them down? Initially, probably. I don't shoot down. I teeth suck. There was a difference. Oh, okay. Sorry. Your suggestions are always welcome. Yeah. How, how's, how was your week? Uh, okay, and on to me. So, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Go on. Tell us about your week. I just feel, this is the thing. I mean, listen. Kate and I have talked about this off mic. I just kind of want to give like a public service announcement to the people out there. Uh, we may have to walk it over for another installment of the Geek Down Mental Health Minute. <laughs> the Geek Down Mental Health Minute. So I had a moment uh, earlier in the week where I uh, had what could be best described as like a social miscue. Okay. Kind of, kind of boof something. You we, know? We've all done that. We've all done that. Not one, you know, don't need to get into the what. The what is not important. Me and the other person, we're fine, totally fine. However, when you got the anxiety, yeah, ooh, you're just gonna fucking, ooh, I'm like making a 
poking motion at something really tiny because you're just gonna like fucking dig in on that for days. Days? Are you days or try decades? It's still, still kinda. Yeah, it's been like a week later. I'm still kinda. Uh, like I said, the what's not the what is not important. It's the like the after effect. And as much as like sometimes you talk to people when you have anxiety, and they think it's something to be pep talked out of. <laughs> uh, I had a boss like that. I'm not going to paint with the wide cultural brush. Uh, it was a very good friend of mine who I love dearly, who's also Asian. And I think a lot of her attitude towards the world is just bootstraps and ethic. Uh, also Italians. That's a probably. Yep. Yeah, that's a, bootstraps and ethic. That's so, all you need. Also Scottish. It really, it's, it's all those Scottish people. And my father, who is Scottish, who I love dearly, he has a little bit of that, like, walk it off mentality. Mm. Um, so I just don't tell him things. <laughs> and I mean, I grew up technically irish slash french maybe i would have the same attitude however uh both my parents had anxiety issues both fine they both manage it rather well as far as i can tell but i just like what started as a like minor anxiety about a social miscue through the pep talk kind of blew up into an existential crisis about my entire fucking life once a week for me because Bless her heart. She thought that, like, encouraging me in other elements of my life, you know, getting out there. Just got to get out there. Do you not think if I knew how to get out there, I'd already be doing it? I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because you know what it's like and you know this shit don't work. I have never been in a position where just, like, I was, like, literally almost in a ball, like, mashing the keypad of my phone with, like, one finger just saying, please stop. Because I cannot take what you're doing right now. And the only reason I bring any of this up is because it makes you appreciate the people in your life who do understand what it's like to have these issues and to live with them. And I already told Kate this off, Mike, but goddammit, I want to tell the people publicly because y'all, y'all are our friends too. We always make the joke that like, oh, Kate and Jordan just always yell at each other on Facebook about television. They just, that's all, that's all they have. If they yeah. The second they started doing the podcast and couldn't yell about what they were watching, they had no friendship. No, the friendship is real. Because Kate knows sometimes all you need to do is send like a gif of a bunny and say like it's going to be all right. That does way more than trying to pep talk somebody out of their like shame spiral. So. Oh man, that's such a good name for it. <laughs> so um, I love you. Thanks. And thank you for being one of those people who understand. And for communicating what in gifts. That's like and <laughs> well, give or take. <laughs> Some people don't like it. So. <laughs> Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Sometimes it's like, Kate, Kate, it's actually like a thing. Like, I need you to listen. It's something that's not just a gift. I'm always listening, but I feel like gifts are the, I don't know, the epitome of my self-expression. <laughs> some people have words, some people have, you know, art and painting and movement. I have gifts. <laughs> you at your best? <laughs> Basically, yeah. And moving on. Moving on. Uh, do you have anything you I have to share with the people? Oh, just to share in general? Yeah, for chit-chat. <sighs> we do have... I have also heard that, yeah, there people are vocal about chit-chat being their favorite part of the show. <laughs> I know I said once we have, like, three different audiences. Yeah. Including people who just, like, love us at this point and just want to hear us yammer. And we... Boy, do we yammer. Boy, do we yammer. Um, No, it's been super, super busy. I've been possibly maybe eating some things that I shouldn't because I have very little self-restraint and I have been feeling very sorry for that what uh that l lack of self-restraint 
what yes what what forced that what was the final straw there so i was at someone's amazing 90th birthday yesterday partially because it was a high tea birthday Uh um and they had my favorite dessert which is something called a cream tea which is it's basically a scone and you put jam or fruit preserve on it Mm -hmm. and then you put something called clotted cream on it and it's you know, it's it's just like a whipped cream, but it's a little bit denser. You need to work on the name, though. Hey, it's British. And it is delectable. And they had fresh scones, and they had all the stuff for cream tea, so... But clotted cream, probably a dairy product. <laughs> it is, in fact, a dairy product. I didn't even have milk in my tea with it. I had soy milk, but the clotted cream, I was like, oh, no, it'll be fine. And then we got leftovers and there happened to be cheese Uh with the leftovers and i may have had a few uh squares of cheese and i was extremely sorry both last night and this morning a lot of dairy in 24 hours in a very short amount of time so yeah the one thing which as we figure out in this elimination diet is sounds like a wwe (laughs) pay-per-view elimination diet (laughs) sunday on pay-per-view um (laughs) They're not sure exactly what is doing it. They're pretty sure it's dairy, though. But that, So that's the one that you just yes. so, <laughs> dove back in on feet first. Yeah, and I, and I knew I was going to get sick, so I was sort of prepared for that. But it doesn't help my body any. Um, but other than that, it's just been busy. Cool. Yeah. No, no shame spirals for you? I... Once a week. <laughs> once a week... <laughs> Something happens. It's like it's rarer to not have a shame spiral. Yeah, to have a good week is really exciting. Um, last week actually wasn't too bad because I was really busy. That's the thing. When I'm not, oh, well, I haven't told the audience why I'm not busy, but basically my days are free. Um, and I have a lot of time to overthink things mm-hmm. when I'm busy and working and stuff. I you don't have time, right? You just you have your schedule. It's all the it's all the gaps in between. So I have to be preoccupied um, or at least doing something to to not have it once a week. But last week was actually pretty good. I think what surprised the person who was like trying to be helpful with the pep talk is like, I would say like, you know, like I'm lonely right now. I'm little, little sad, little anxious. And she was like, no, you're not. You're just like an introvert. Oh. I was like, okay. Um, Those are two mutually exclusive y- things. Y- yes. But also, Yes. I just think people, I was thinking of this this week, because also I work nights, which is a great, a great thing for when you have these issues. <laughs> when being alone with your thoughts can be questionable. Definitely live alone and work nights. I guess I could understand why she would think that, because generally, like, in situations where I'm, like, as comfortable as I'm going to get, I kind of, like, LARP as a confident person. Right. Like, that's... <laughs> I like that. It's basically, I'm just LARPing as a confident person. If I was a confident person, I would act like this. And people see, you know, me at my best. So then when the actual disgusting monster that lives beneath the surface actually comes crawling out, people are a little taken aback. That's horrible. <laughs> disgusting monster? Yeah, you know, I'm human filth, but... Wow. Wow. <laughs> too real for the geek to... Too real. <laughs> Listen, it's because I love you listeners. Things are looking up, like I said. It's... It's fine. It's <laughs> As he starts to cry. It's fine. Let's talk about some news. Happy news. Yeah. 
So who wants to go first? I don't know. I think we each have a lot this week. We it's do. Actually kind of a but I'll try and get through it. I'll try and be snappy. Uh, I'll do one really quick. Okay. A headline I missed from Anime Expo last week was that Crunchyroll, the online streaming site, which is known just for like doing simulcasts of anime and manga scans and translations as well, but do not really do merchandise to any great degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are rectifying that and getting into making DVDs and Blu-rays. Cool. And they have licensed a whole bunch of shows, including <gasps> our favorite, Cabinary of the Iron Fortress. I feel like it should be have lightning bolts or something. Uh, this is a show, if you will recall, many of you probably do, it's the highest rated episode we have. We love Cabinary of the Iron Fortress, and it is only available legally on Amazon Prime, which is bizarre. It's the only anime show they have, and it's like the best anime of this last season. But if you want to support the industry and don't want to get an Amazon Prime membership, you will be able to buy DVDs with a dub, because they're going to do a dub there as well. Cool. Don't have a release date. We just know it's what they led with. Apparently, also, there will be merchandise as well. I don't know what that means, but if you can oh. get a little... If I can get a little Mume statue in her, uh, in her razor sandals. Razor sandals are cool. They're mandatory. They're more than cool. They are mandatory? I'm not buying a Mume statue if she's not in the razor sandals. Wow. That is... Man who knows what he wants, Caitlin. Apparently. <laughs> All right. Well, moving on. Yes. Um, Captain Marvel. It is getting... Well, she, it, they are getting a relaunch. <laughs> I'm not really sure... What, what to call it. Um, the relaunch is being headed by the writer Margaret Stoll. I don't know if you know who that is. Sounds vaguely familiar. Um, she wrote the... S-T-O-H-L? Yes. I've seen her name on things, but I don't, I've never read her work. Yeah, she's a writer of uh, the YA Caster Chronicles, or series. It's called... Uh, Be- uh, the, sorry, the first book was called Beautiful Creatures. You probably saw oh, it. Oh, yes, 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 yes. It's actually her and somebody else wrote beautiful creatures the book was not great the movie was terrible um <laughs> i promptly tuned out because everyone was telling me to read it because i like some ya and mm. lots i don't like but someone was like oh it's so good you should take check it out it was not uh and the movie was 10 times worse than the book so but i'm kind of excited i've sort of uh, read what she had in mind for Carol Danvers, and mm-hmm. a lot of it was, you know, she's still going to be the head of Alpha Flight. Um, she'll be doing a lot of, oh, what is it when you get people to join something? Recruiting. Recruiting. She's going to be recruiting, so apparently there'll be a lot of cool uh, secondary characters. Uh, you mean she's head of the Ultimates? No, Alpha Flight. Alpha Flight is part of the Ultimates. They said Alpha Flight. All right. I don't know what they're changing. I, I haven't kept up. Last I checked, she was running the Ultimates. Um, but it's just awesome because she's a awesome character, and it, they've kept her sort of on the scene, even though the movie's way off. Mm-hmm. So I'm really happy about that. Uh, well, we have lots of comics news this week, then, because I have an exciting bit of comics news. Okay. One that I greatly enjoy, and two that are just uh, fun to mention. So, Mark Wade, yeah. who I have been very much on the record for as Loki being the best writer going today. He's just... You know, Mark Wade, the name you can trust. If you see okay. his name on something, it's probably going to be worth a read. He is reteaming with the artist Humberto Ramos, who he has not worked with since uh, they did Impulse back at DC, which I never read, but I always heard good things how, about. How long ago was that? Oh, Lord, like, 04, maybe? Ooh, so okay. we're looking at like 12 years, maybe? Uh, first time they have really worked together on anything long form. They're doing a book called The Champions, which apparently is an old title Marvel used to have back in the 70s, and then it got like 
mangled in copyright dispute, and then they worked it out with how you can copyright champions, but someone else did, and they had to (laughs) finagle that to get the name back. So the champions, uh, I guess this is instigated when Ms. Marvel, uh, Miles Morales, and Nova all quit the Avengers. Awesome. uh, Because they have had enough of your shit. Iron Man. This sounds very Teen Titans-esque. Um, and I, I, don't, I don't know why. This is probably more Civil War II Fallout sort of thing. Uh, they have quit the Avengers, and they essentially form a new team filled with, like you said, it sounds very Teen Titan-esque. It is, because joining them are the, I think, what are they calling them? The totally awesome, radical, super dope Hulk. The Amadeus Cho <laughs> version of the Hulk. Uh, that would be amazing if that was actually his name. He's, he's joining up. Um, and the young, time-displaced version of Cyclops. Right. Because right now, I don't know if you've been keeping up with the X-Men or what's been going on there. No. But uh, Basically, Cyclops did some shit, and... What's up, Bird? Beast was, uh... <laughs> the Beast was like, I can't let it turn out this way, so he essentially brought, like, the 1960s original five X-Men. Oh. Teenage X-Men from the past into the future. That doesn't sound like Beast. He wouldn't mess with time. He was. He was very... He was very distraught about this whole thing, okay. uh, hoping that he could essentially then send them back. And with with the knowledge of how things would turn out, they would not turn out that way. And he could change the present. Never works out that way. He couldn't send them back. They're all still stuck here. Great. And young Cyclops is obviously the most affected by all of this. He has taken his leave from the rest of the team. And apparently he's going to join up with this team. Mark Wade says, by the end of issue one, he can make me love Cyclops. No. Uh, that's what I said. No. He's the most disliked. No, you will not. Of the X-Men. Except a lot of people hate Jean Grey, uh, whatever, the Firebird. I hate Jean Grey's whole like special snowflake thing where like, you know, like, oh my God, we have to save Jean. Like, they well, ever- no, she just, and I, especially when I remember in the animated series, which of course I get most of my X-Men knowledge from, um, she'd like turn into the phoenix and like go crazy and fuck off and she used to do this like once a week and all then the time. all the time and i was like no i don't want it anymore nope mark wade mark wade told entertainment weekly a he admitted he's one of like five people in the world who find cyclops to be their favorite x-men whoa he he admits that so most weird. people think cyclops sucks yeah. I actually wrote an article once about how Cyclops sucked, <laughs> and it was around the time Marvel was really trying to push him as a badass, and I'm like, listen, just stop. Yeah. The, the, the gimmick's not working. Mark Waite says he can make me love Cyclops. So I say, I said, Ms. Marvel's there, Amadeus Cho's there, Nova, uh, Time Displaced, Scott Summers, Miles Morales, and apparently, I always make fun of Stupid Matt for buying this book, but apparently there's a book about the Vision, mm-hmm. where he's like in suburbia, and he like made a family of other like synthesoid robots. Okay. And he's kind of gone psychotic as far as like defending and protecting them okay um i don't know exactly what's going on there in that book but he has a child named viv and viv vision is joining this team called the champions that's an amazing name um viv vision so they say this will be sort of a like book where the the kids the kids have had enough of the adult shit they're kind of starting their own thing it's going to have a more youthful activist energy i think mark wade said you know we have failed if by the end of issue three, they're like fighting the absorbing man. Right. Like they're really going for something different. He said, he's kind of inspired right now by this idea of like, you know, back in the day, if you were a kid, you're like, well, once I'm an adult, I'll, that's when I'll be able to start changing things and making it better. Right. Now it's like the opposite. 
like the adults are stagnant and they can't change anything and it's the kids who are like oh yeah the ones coming up and and facilitating change and that's really what he wants to tap into with this book and these characters so i'm kind of super amped for this like yeah as we have seen from archie mark wade can write teenagers yeah and it sounds like a lot of fun and he has done well with the kamala miles uh sam yes nova is sam uh trio on the regular avengers book that he's been writing up till now so yeah i'm super hyped for this i don't have a release date for this either again this is probably gonna be one of those post-civil war two things um but yeah definitely definitely interested in checking that one out and humberto ramos is fantastic as an artist I might actually check this out. I think you should. I think everybody should check it out. I think it's going to be a dope-ass book, and I'm soup's hat for it. Soup's hat. Um, Okay, well, continuing on with comic news. Heavy comic news. Yeah, tons of comic news. There is going to be a new Jessica Jones. So there's a new series on its way. The entire creative team is back. Like Bendis and Gatos? Yeah. Um, It... The things that I was interested in to know about, which they did talk about in the interview, which was great, was whether they were just going to ruin her life to get a story out of it, which always upsets me, which apparently they're not going to do. The quote is, they won't rip up everything they did to heal the character, which is nice. Last we saw in the comics, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, if they addressed this, uh, she was with Luke Cage. They had had a baby. Yeah. Uh, again, this I don't know what has happened with her, this character post-Secret Wars. Um, yes, and was genuinely happy, was not, was sort of an Avengers den mother. Like, she just kind of hung out there at the tower and, like, yep. and like raised the kid. She wasn't active, but, I mean, she could throw down if she had to, sort of um, thing. So, apparently, so, from the interview, it seems like she's obviously still a mother, which is great, you know. Don't want to get rid of that. <laughs> it's terrible if someone just kills a child to make someone go crazy and become a superhero again. But there's not much mention of Luke Cage. Hmm. So maybe some dissolution of the marriage happened. Is this going to be mature readers again, did they say? Uh, probably, if it's the same creative team. I would think so. But they didn't say much more about it. And again, no release date in specific. Hmm. Um, I just am really excited that they're coming out with more content. I, and given the success of the show and yes. how widely and probably surprisingly successful the show was, I don't think they were expecting that and yeah. the level of discussion that show got. Uh, yeah, that's kind of a no-brainer to to bring her back. That's dope. I always enjoyed Alias, um, the original Jessica Jones comic, which was called Alias, not Jessica Not Jones. The, the television not show. Not the Jennifer Garner show. Yeah. Uh, and we know I love it when Bendis does things he made and doesn't do just like work for hire stuff. Yes, you did go on a rant about that, I, I believe. I did, and kind of a half rant, kind of a, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be glass half full okay. with it, speaking of, speaking of Bendis. Changes coming to Iron Man post-Civil War II as well. Yeah. Apparently, due to the events of Civil War II, we have mentioned already, spoilers, but I mean, if you listen to the show, you already knew, um, it's been everywhere in the coverage, if you even pay attention to this thing, in Civil War II, War Machine, James Rhodes, is killed. Yep. As well, he loses his company for like the 900th time and something to do with his biological parents as well. Like all these kind of like threads come to a head post-Civil War II. So Tony decides he can't distract himself with Avengers-ness anymore. Um, He kind of hangs the suit up for a while and taking his place is a character named Riri Will... It's going to be real hard to say. Yeah. Riri Williams. Yep. Um, a 15-year-old black girl prodigy from... She attends MIT, and Tony gets word of her when he discovers she's kind of 
reverse engineered a power suit out of her dorm room, so she's like a super genius, and she apparently will be your Iron Man for or Iron Person, which is awesome. Uh, I would like. I'm. Uh, there's been a couple of people who talked about uh, diversity in things, and uh, a lot of commentary has been uh, about from uh, been about how there are become there are more and more diverse characters which is great but not you shouldn't just have african-american or black diversity diversity means everything um get to that moment oh well, i'm glad i kind of was getting us there marvel's not getting all the shine this this day but i was gonna say they marvel's actually done a pretty good job of introducing characters other than just black characters um, or at least okay, but I really want to see like a superhero from like Guam <laughs> or U.S. Virgin Islands or something. You know, Puerto Rican. Well, actually, they do have a Puerto Rican. Um, the but, Canary Islands' greatest hero, or like Mauritania or something. You know, just yeah. The champion of Abu Dhabi. Yeah, exactly. I don't know why this one is making me skeptical. Maybe just because it's Bendis and like the joke I made when I first read this is like, oh, it'll be the most status quo changing character since Layla Miller which was this like character that came up in House of M that they made a huge big deal out of and then nothing right the character just farted out so I'm a little skeptical that this is just going to be like a quick I feel there's too much downy in Iron Man right for this to be like last super long like you can have Miles Morales because you know all the all the nerds who can't let go of the childhood can go read like the Peter Parker stories where he's like flying the spider car and being a multi-millionaire super genius right now. Right, okay. Which is what's happening in The Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. As well, there's like regular Spider-Man if you want to read like Miles Morales. You can do that right now because there's not that... There's so much downiness. In, even Captain America right now. Um, sure, Sam Wilson has been Captain America for the last year or so in the comics. Um, Steve is back. Yeah. Hydring it up. But you know where that's going to end up. Whether it's... I hope we don't. I mean, they're both going to be around, and for a bulk of fans, I mean, a, a good writer can salvage anything, but I feel like for a bulk of fans, if they're both around, you're going to see those Sam sales start to, do, 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 well, the Steve sales rise again. That makes me very sad. Um, nerds don't like change. I, I'm i a nerd. I like change. <laughs> it's cool that they're doing it. Yeah. Um, ultimately, I feel that in like a year, she gets like her own suit. She gets a spinoff book for eight issues, and then it gets canceled, and we never see her again. That's really sad. It's really sad, but it happens all the time. But maybe it shouldn't happen anymore, <laughs> and this is why we talk about these things. Well, so when that... she gets her book, yeah, to pony up. I I will. <laughs> I will pony up. Buy that shit. Um, the other side of this mm-hmm. of diversity in things. Is that you can't just have diversity on the page. You kind of need to have diversity behind the scenes. Oh, yes. These are all being written by white men. Yeah. So, you know. Mark Wade. Mark Wade. White dude. Brian Bendis. White dude. White dude. dude. Uh, the artist may be of Latin descent. Humberto Ramos. Yes. Michael Gatos. But not a, not a woman among them. No. And that's one of the problems, right? Because... Until you, you know, have people who are part of the planning committee and are creators and artists, you are going to get people bringing back the white dude superheroes over and over and over again. Well, 
some of these things you're asking for may be coming from a surprising place. <gasps> DC. I may have had a stroke. <laughs> That's how surprised I am. DC. Actually doing something kind of not terrible. Kind of not terrible? Kind of not terrible. <gasps> so we know that during the whole DC Rebirth thing. Yeah. A, a, one of the titles that they announced, which made some people go, huh, that's strange. That's strange. Interesting that they're doing that. Was a uh, Chinese Superman. Right. So DC is not only introducing a new Superman named Kenan Kong, who is a kid from Shanghai, who, for reasons unknown, is bestowed the powers of the Man of Steel as China looks to develop their own Justice League. Okay. But, as you said, it'd be nice if some of these characters were being written by a more diverse creative team. Yes. This is being written by Jean Luen Yang, Ooh. who is a was best known before this. I actually didn't know. I think he's been writing Superman for a minute here and there, but uh, he had a graphic novel about his upbringing called American Born Chinese. Mm-hmm. He's done like some sort of autobiographical uh, indie graphic novels uh, and has now been dipping his toes into super heroics because the liter- literary ones are my favorite. <laughs> we don't know really anything about it. It's the book actually comes out in on this week, July 13th. Oh, this will be out. I'm surprised that this didn't get as much traction as the whole Iron Man thing. <laughs> it's fun. Read a story about Riri Williams. That's really hard to say. In Time, or on Time.com, Time Warner owns DC Comics. Did not see an article on Time about Ken and Kong Superman. <laughs> huh. Maybe uh, some wires are crossed. Missed. <laughs> Missed opportunities for synergy there, yep. corporate overlords. You should hire me. <laughs> I'm great at operations, and I'm admi- amazing at administration. You're on the board, Time Warner. Give Caitlin what? a job. No, we didn't. they didn't steal anything from us. They just should hire me. We just said they should have been. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, yeah. Interpromoting their oh own Oh, my God, works. you're right. On the board. On the, on the board, Time Warner. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's diversity popping off everywhere. Which is awesome. Yeah. Like I said, I'm a white dude, so it's cool to see it, but it doesn't affect my day-to-day on any, in any way. It does affect you. <laughs> it affects everyone. I'm going to launch into a speech about how diversity affects everyone, but I'm not going to. I'm going to talk about Star Trek instead. What is happening on Star Trek now? Well, it depends on... There's actually a whole bunch of Star Trek things. A, in the relaunch, Sulu is gay. Oh, okay. B... Sorry, uh, relaunch the, 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 mo- the movies. The movies. Yeah, this third movie. Sulu is apparently very obviously gay. He has a partner and a, a young daughter. Uh, B, Takei is not happy about this. George Takei. George Takei. Um, also known as the emperor of the gays. <laughs> this is not, I didn't make this up. He's the emperor. Yeah. So he is not happy about this because... He didn't think it was appropriate to change the character. Um, he would have rather they added new characters that were homosexual or queer. Hmm. Uh, which I get his point. But I can also see the other side of it, which is he's a very well-known character that's been already established. Yeah. And it was sort of like an ode to, to, to Kay. 
this kind of speaks to another issue, which is a lot of the time uh, people will say, oh, well, you've got your gay character. But it, it doesn't matter what kind of gay character we are given. Because a lot of the time, gayness or, you know, bisexuality is used as, it's not quite a gimmick, but sometimes it is, or a trope. Um, Take or, boring character, add gayness, character not boring anymore. Or, you know, they there's was a huge issue a while ago where they had killed off a whole bunch of lesbian characters um, in one season of television. Um and they're kind of like the, this disposable thing you can put on and take off of characters, mm. um, which is not cool. So I understand both sides to it. There is other Star Trek stuff, though. Um, there is a new trailer that apparently captures its unabashed optimism. So you were unhappy with the last trailer yeah. for Star Trek Beyond. I don't know if you can say unhappy, but it's sort of like... I'm going to go see the movie. Well, this led into your, your your first, I guess it's not your theory, I guess many people have had this, about how Star wars and Star Trek. Yes. How they're two different things, and you're just trying to Star Wars, Star Warsify Star Trek. Yeah. And you thought that last trailer was very much explosion, smashy, smashy. Yeah. Um, and I watched this trailer. And? Meh. Smashy, smashy, and explosion. Yeah, like, I mean, it, it's... It's okay. I'm I'm kind of going to reserve my judgment for seeing the movie because you can't tell tons of stuff in a trailer. They can make a trailer look however they like. I know there's experiments going on on YouTube for a while where they would take like Mary Poppins and make it into a horror movie. Yes. You can do whatever you want with a trailer. Just <laughs> add music and slow scenes down, you know. Um, so, yeah, it was fine. It was, They showed a, a couple more of the funny bits which I like. I always like the humor in Star Trek. And even more, apparently last week we overlooked or, or went right over the whole Anton Yelchin death. People were surprised we didn't mention it. You're blinking like you don't even know who that is. I barely do, which is why we, which is why we glazed over it. Actually, that's what I said. It wasn't, we didn't mean to, you know, to not mention it, which is very sad because he was a great Chekhov for those of you who don't know, he was he died June nineteenth at twenty seven, which is also very sad. In an auto accident, I believe. Uh, yeah, some freak auto accident, and then even more Star Trek. So, and combined with that, Idris Elba watch uh, twenty sixteen. <laughs> oh my god, I was wondering if you were going to have something. Uh, oh god, because he's, he's the villain st- in Star Trek. <laughs> oh my god, I was going to say he's still good looking as an alien and a fantastic <laughs> actor. Um, and Shum. yeah, Idris Watch 2016. And finally, for all the Star Trek news, Deep Space Nine is actually really good. Just letting everyone know. I said that Enterprise, we might start watching Enterprise, mm-hmm. um, but we didn't. We I don't know a lot about DS9. I watched it here and there, like sporad- like it was on TV when I was watching it, so I would see it on cable and I would watch it if it was up but I didn't really follow the storyline and it was not TNG so I didn't really care and wasn't Voyager so I was like eh. well Voyager came out afterwards but anyways but actually it's really good got a lot of shit at the time for not having a ship and being set in one place and but it's not being quote unquote boring and that's why they got the defiant and it why boring why they had to go to war with the alpha quadrant and the Dominion. season four or whatever but I, but that that was set up like super early. All of that, they always knew where they were going, <laughs> even though they didn't have a ship. <laughs> okay, it's actually very good. 
I'm surprised. And, and it Rick, ages. Rick, Rick Berman, Caitlin McGinnis is your number one fan. It, it ages surprisingly well. And like the stuff with the Maquis, that was pretty good. And anyways, what? Why are you laughing at me? I was thinking of Odo. What about Odo? He can't do ears, okay? <laughs> you were biased, just like everyone else. Oh, Odo. Terrible CGI. Yeah, it was the, what, 90s, early 2000s? Every he turned into his goo, he just looked like beef jello. He has to get back into the bucket every, like, <laughs> 16 hours, okay? <laughs> it is hard work maintaining the form of René Abergenois. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know why you keep on smiling at me and laughing at me like that. So I like to say René Abergenois. Well, there's lots of names that I can't <laughs> say, so I'm not going to attempt it. Got anything else? Uh, Yeah, actually. Oh, shit. Yeah, so much news. Fucking long-ass news section. But these are things that are important to me, and I hope are important to others. Well, we already had Idris watch, so I don't know what could possibly be left. Did Momoa do something? No. <laughs> What if Momoa, Skarsgård, and Idris don't even were all caught walking down the street holding hands? Oh, um, I don't know. I mean, I or having like a water gun fight, or oh. like no, look out! Yeah, that water did gun it. fight, huh? Yeah. yeah, car wash. No, no, I don't want to topless wanna... car wash. No, I Idris, don't. Idris Skarsgård, no, Momoa? I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to... You're laughing, though. What's that thing? Yeah, because this is ridiculous. <laughs> you, don't wanna, I, you don't want to objectify them. Yeah, but, I don't want to objectify them. But, and they're not wearing cowboy stuff, so <laughs> what do I care? <laughs> okay, back it up. Anyways. <laughs> Momoa, Skarsgård, and Idris. Posse. Riding horses. Chaps, dusters, cowboy hats. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. I might add some actors at some later date. Ooh, I gotta get your full roster of. I, there's all kinds of <laughs> the, actors. The full, the full roster. <sighs> what were we talking about? She doesn't care anymore. Oh, oh, yeah, here it is. Um, so, a couple things. The Mummy is getting relaunched. No one really cares but me because I really like The Mummy. <laughs> but weird stuff. Weird stuff. Yeah, The Mummy relaunch has Tom Cruise in it. Ew. Weird Anyways, um, but Universal is trying to do this expanded universe stuff. Oh, God. They want to do all their monsters. So not only is Tom Cruise in The Mummy, but... Oh, who's the angry Australian guy who throws phones at people? Russell Crowe? Yeah, that's the one. Russell Crowe is going to be playing uh, Dr. Jekyll. This is just a bad idea. It just seems weird. Anyways, moving on, because I'm trying to do the snappy and whatnot. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Interview with the Vampire is getting a reboot. Uh, so to all my Anne Rice fans out there, awesome. Um, Were you clamoring for this, though, Anne Rice fans? After the bang-up no. job they did on the first, the first go-around? Okay, f- so here's the thing. I'm one of the later generation who got into Anne Rice. Um, so I saw the movie first before oh. I started reading the books. Because uh, I didn't have access to the books, because my, apparently my mom thought they were inappropriate for like a ten-year-old. Imagine that. Um, but then I got my hands on them, so it was fun. I because so I ended up I liked the movie because I was you know cool and vampires and stuff, and I was in junior high, and then I read the books and I was like neat, um, and then I read the rest of the Vampire Chronicles, also neat. Um, the whole Vampire Chronicles is getting a reboot, uh, apparently, and it, again um, by Universal and. Uh, Imagine Entertainment. That's all. 
That's it. Just stuff that I thought was really interesting. I'm not, I, see, I'm not big on the whole reboot stuff. I talk about this with comics all the time, but it's the same with old movies. And I think people should just make new stuff. Right? I was actually listening to another podcast. They were doing a rundown because the, the Mike Epps, Uncle Buck sitcom. Yeah. Which I didn't even know existed. They made a sitcom out of Uncle Buck. I, I didn't, I've actually never seen Uncle Buck. You should so. watch Uncle Buck. Okay. The 1980s John Hughes movie starring John Candy. I used to have a crush on John Candy, but anyways, I was very young. No one is surprised. Yeah, they made a sitcom out of this, like, starring Mike Epps, and it got, like, you know, six episodes or something. Got canceled. Even heard the ratings were good, but, like, this podcast I was listening to was rattling off all these, like, shows based on movies. Yeah. Like, like that was the gamble TV tried this year, where it's just shows based on movies. There was a Limitless show. There's, apparently, they're planning a... There was a Lethal Weapon show oh, that may have tanked already. Like, there was a Minority Report show. But Sure. Um, and just how like they're they're like all gone, the ones the ones that were already here are gone, and it doesn't look good for the ones they're like planning, because huh. there ain't no new shit anymore. They just keep turning it out, or it's like oh it's a decent movie, let's try it as a TV show and fill that airtime. It's not good out there, Kate. <sighs> but at least I have DS Nine. <laughs> at least there's that. Okay, so Idris, Cisco, um, the captain. No. Cisco the singer. No. <laughs> What? Thong song, Cisco? <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, no. No. And Momoa and Skarsgård and Carl Urban. Oh, Carl Urban. Ah, I called, <laughs> I called that one. We've never talked about Carl Urban on the show. Yeah, we have, because we talked about Dread. You've never talked about, you've never squeed for Carl Urban before. It wasn't a squee, it was a giggle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, called that one. And Janeway. <laughs> that, that's your posse? That's yeah. You that's what I want. <laughs> Maybe some other people, i got to think about it. Fan art, make it happen. Uh, yes <laughs> I will pay you I don't even have any money And I'll pay you I'll find a way And she will hang this In a, in a place of honor In stately Geek down manner Yep Well That's as good a spot as any To take a break I'm Taking a break uh, And when we come back Caitlin and I We'll talk about the things We brought each other it's I'm excited very, It's a very spacey episode This week Super spacey Super spacey And yet we're on the ball today Like we're not Spacing out it didn't fly, did it? That didn't go. It didn't. We'll be right back after this short break. See you soon. And welcome back to the show. I said that so loudly, I startled my co-host. It's just out of nowhere. She well, was you like, said- I'm going to walk it back in. Yeah, boom. She was back at it. I was back at it. See, I'm on the ball today. Laser-like precision. Yeah, mostly because I'm feeling sick. <laughs> and at any moment, I could just, you know. And I'm two ciders deep, so I'm like a mess right now. You're a mess. All right, so. This is the portion of the show. Where Caitlin and I will discuss the things we brought each other. That's right. And before we start, though, there are three rules. Oh, God, are there? The first rule being the rule of three. The rule of three. Whatever it is, if it runs on installments, episodes, issues. Cycles. You always say cycles. I never know what you mean by that. (laughs) Autumnal equinoxes. Uh, (laughs) You have to give it three of them. It is unfair to dismiss something or to love something after the first installment because the pilot as we know can be rough first part of anything 
hasn't really established itself. It's just trying to situate. It's just trying to get through. Yeah. Just kind of get through that first like introduction, and then they move on to the story. So you know what? Give yourself a chance to get into the main story. I'm making like a pushing motion. Get into the main story. Yep. It's just fair to give something three things to establish itself. Yes. Um, the second rule is uh, save it for the pod. Save it for the pod. Possibly a hashtag before that. <laughs> hashtag save it for the pod. Run short. Um, which is basically the rule that Jordan and I, um, even though we'll desperately want to, will not talk about the thing we brought each other so that we can save it for you guys. So we have no idea what each other thought of the thing we watched until we discuss it on the program. Unless Jordan peeks at my notes while I'm turning the page and then laughs at something I've written. Uh, the she, she wasn't wrong. <laughs> the third rule is more of a policy, which is spoilers. They come in. Yes. Uh, in the news portion, we do uh, we try to avoid them mostly, but sometimes we get into stuff. Try to, try to tap dance around it as best we can. Yeah. Um, but in this portion of the show, we it's all free and loose and, you know. Loosey-goosey. Uh, we probably will spoil a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, yeah, we're talking about a movie this week, so there'll be lots of spoilers in there. Yep. And we're talking about a TV show. Which, even if Caitlin only got to the third episode, something happens at the end of the third episode, that may have to be discussed about what happens with the show going forward. So, if you don't want to know anything about a 20-year-old anime <laughs> or a 12-year-old movie, yeah. number one, get your life together. <laughs> really? Seriously, people? we no. th- You think we have a bad... Number two, uh, peace out. Yeah. Oh, Eat cheese on my behalf. There's so much cheese out there that Caitlin is not eating. I can't. Like cupcakes, th- cream cheese. This is your shot. All the all the clotted cream you can possibly it's actually delicious. I bet it is, but I okay. could just eat it with a spoon. Can we call it? I don't know. Thick whipped cream. There you go. <laughs> thick whip. <laughs> much better. <laughs> much better with thick whip <sighs> than I am with clotted cream. But you say it so much more, you know, poshly. When I, just, I can't say it without turning into Doc Holliday. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, so whose turn is it to go first? Uh, we like to alternate between the things that we each brought each other, and I believe the thing I brought Caitlin is up first. Great. So, after bringing her, after a run of, like, bringing her things that were like, this is not one of my favorites, I'm just curious what she would think of it, Bringing her FLCO last week put me back in mind of the things that are my favorites. Right. The ones I've watched that I super enjoyed and were super amped about. I always say, like, I don't want to, like, do anime every week, but I just, I, I got a, what's, what's that, a, something in my craw? What, get, what is it, the thing that gets stuck in your craw? Something got stuck in my craw. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 like, zoned out for a minute. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. I don't know if it's an actual thing that gets stuck in your craw, but whatever it is was stuck in my craw. Because I just started thinking about... This show that I'm pretty sure has been forgotten about. I thought it was even out of print. It's not. Um, okay. Still out there on DVD from Nozomi Entertainment. It is a 1996 space opera called Martian Successor Nadesco. And, and this is just one. Dun, 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 I have a theme song stuck in my head all it's day. A, it's one of my first notes. Intro music is awesome. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to hate that. This is one of those shows, like, listen, when I was, like, super into it, buying VHS with every spare dollar I had, sometimes you just went to the store. I believe we used to have to go to, like, back when EB Games was called the Electronics Boutique. I didn't even know that was a thing. Oh, yeah. That's what it stands for. They would 
deal with the lightest of home video releases. Okay. And sometimes you would see anime pop up there as well. Uh, specifically from this company called AD Vision or ADV, which was uh, one of the behemoths of the time. Now we're bankrupt as these things tend to go. This was one of their shows, and usually they always had good taste. I always liked the stuff they released. So I tried this show, and I kind of loved it. So this is a 26 episodes TV anime created by a manga artist named Kia Asamiya, who was best known for another work called Silent Mobius, and kind of in the 90s he was really big and popular as a character designer and a manga artist. And interestingly enough, he the anime happened first, he kind of like created the premise and stuff and then did the manga on his own after the anime had started. I hear they are very different. Okay. This ran from October of 1996 to March of 1997. And it is a comedic space opera. It is the story of these aliens from beyond the planet Jupiter have attacked uh, Earth. And it's They're lizard people, they, right? They call them lizards, yeah. Jovian lizards. They have attacked... Earth and the surrounding colonies, including colonies on Mars and whatnot. And the moon. Things are not going well for the military, so a private company called Nergal develops a very powerful warship called the Nadesco and tries to work in concert with the military, but also has their own agenda and staffs the ship with a crew of various lunatics who are all kind of dopey and stupid and ridiculous in their own ways. They're not lunatics. They're kind of nuts. Well, kind of. Kind of. Uh, Leading the charge is cook slash pilot Akito Tenkawa, who was on the Mars colony when it was attacked and destroyed by the Jovians. He remembers nothing after that. He has the pilots all have like nanites into them. That's how they fly the giant robots, which are called Estevaluses. He has these nanites. He doesn't know how or why he has them. Just wants to be a cook. Keeps getting roped into piloting the robots. He just wants to be a a cook. Just a cook, damn it. That's all he wants to do. Much more interested in cooking than flying giant robots. Damn it, Jim. Always gets roped into doing it. As well as his relationship with the captain of the Nadesco, Eureka Misamaru, who he grew up with on Mars, and she is super in love with him, and he doesn't really care about her one way or the other. Yeah, it's very weird, actually. He used to, like, defend her when they were kids, according to her. He He doesn't really remember it. Very fixated on him. The first arc of the show uh, concerns the ship sort of asserting its independence from the military that is trying to control it and keep it on Earth and use it for their own ends. But the Nadesco wants to go return to Mars, which is a colony that was destroyed by the Jovians, and investigate what happened there, find out what happened, and recover some intel and technology as well. That is the first arc for the first four or five episodes. I doubt Caitlin got any further than that, but... Caitlin. Yeah. This is a weird one. Yeah. This is a weird one for me to bring to you. Uh, don't normally do space operas. Yeah. They are a classic genre of anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love this show because it's really kind of self-aware about what it is. Yes, Sur- absolutely. Surprisingly so. Except the characters are all lunatics. A number of them are anime fans. Yes. A number of them are fans of giant robot anime. Yes, it, which that part, I, yeah, that's one of the best parts about so it. So you have these giant robot pilots who love giant robot well, anime. why else would they want to become giant robot pilots? And there was a show within a show called Gekiganger 3 yeah. that they're all fans of um, that they watch. And when they watch it, it's just laying out all the tropes of 70s era giant robot anime. 
combining robot. I didn't anime. even know that was a thing. What giant robot anime? Seventies era giant robot. Uh, just you know, anime. A lot of still frames to save money. A lot of yelling. Oh really? Joe. <sighs> <laughs> a lot of that, and just I really this show hooked me for two reasons. One. Caitlin and I disagree on whether or not the crew are lunatics. I kind of think they are, and I love the, them for that. Okay, all right. As well. We'll get into that in a sec. I was for, it was the first dub I saw, and I'm not going to say the dub is good, mm-hmm. but it was the first dub I saw where like the cast was having fun. Right. Like there's, I don't know if you, did you watch any of the dub? Yeah. I suggested you watch the it. Thir- the third episode right. I watched is the dub. There's a moment in the first episode where I swear I could make this joke to my friend Glenn 15 years, you know, 20 years later, and he, we would still laugh about it. There's a moment in the first episode where, so you're establishing yourself on Earth. They're kind of starting, Nergal is starting to reach out to the crew and assemble them and hire them. And Akito is working at like a greasy spoon as a cook. Right. And the Jovians are attacking. There's like an air raid or something. And everybody's very nonchalant about this. And Akito is having PTSD in the back of the kitchen. Yes. And it cuts to people just kind of like going, oh man, another air raid again. Like we just had one. This is getting ridiculous. In the dub, some dude sticks his head out and in this voice goes, Dudes, the fry cook's freaking out! <laughs> I'd never seen... <laughs> it was the 90s, right? Yeah. I'd never seen... It sounds so lame now, but I'd never seen a dub in the in the 90s at that point where all dubs were terrible. Right. Like, just having fun with it. Right. And some of the jokes were lame. I remember there's a character named Ryoko later on, and I'm pretty sure there's a joke called Do You Smell What Ryoko's Cooking, which is like does not age well at all no but you know what god damn it you tried like <laughs> i just appreciate you trying anyway so that's some of the reasons why i love the show caitlin you love space i do love space how did you love this adventure into space it was a it was a roller coaster that's what it was it was a roller coaster of thoughts and emotions and opinions goodness so initially this anime starts out in a way where I thought it was going to be like dark AF. Like really? I thought like this was going to be like the first scene is they're on Mars. They're hiding from these aliens. Uh, it's a little over. It's an anime, but it's overacted. Like, you know, the yeah. general is like, ah, all the yelling. Um, and you're watching Akito on Mars. The colony is being yeah, attacked. And there is a small child, a little girl. Oh, right. That. Yeah, and her mother. And Akito is being all nice to this little girl. He's given her an orange. She was on his way back from the market. All Then all of a sudden, they get attacked. And then everyone gets wiped out. Right, he has this big heroic moment where he stops one like, yeah. mech spider thing while they're like trying to open the door. And then the door opens, and then all these other mechs literally just like blow everyone out. Incinerate everyone. This the little kid who is like pulled at your heartstrings, who Akito has given an orange to, is destroyed. Yeah, and it comes up in his like flashbacks. Um, yeah, that has a lot to do with his yeah. PTSD. And so I was like, "Wow, this is going to be like, it's going to have a lot of depth to it." <laughs> and then, and then the 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 theme, or not really the theme, but it moves into the next part. Where they're putting the like the team together, mm-hmm. which was so fast. Yeah. No explanation of why it is that the team has been like who, why these people have been pulled together. Twenty six episodes. Everybody will get a moment eventually. I know, but like one is a recording artist. She's a voice actress. Vo- yeah, she's a voice actress. Yeah. They don't explain why she's part of the team. She has a very pleasant voice. She does. She does uh, communications. 
Anyways, so they have no explanation about that. Um, so it was fast paced, super fast paced, especially the first episode. And it's old, so it's looks okay. It lo- oh, it looks fine. Doesn't look the greatest. Music isn't fantastic uh, during like the theme music I really liked, but the during music was sometimes really aged it. Mm. Um, but it's also super tropey. But that's hard because they're very self-aware. And you realize that more towards the second episode is that they're doing a lot of this as as a parody of anime. So as I watched more of it, A, I liked it better. But B, I was getting tired of it because there is so much yelling. You laugh. I've hurt my ears. So much yelling all the time through every episode. I know that they're trying to make fun of all the yelling, but all the yelling. (laughs) And weird things like some parts I really dragged. Some parts like when they find out that they're both fans of the the robot. Sorry, the mech anime. um, Funny. Oh, oh, oh. Also, super gross factor. Her father. (laughs) That's not, don't laugh at that. It's so gross and disgusting. And I was like, third episode, he says something. And I was like, like trying not to vomit. He's proud of his daughter. She's a wonderful captain. Yeah. Except that he talks about how she fills out her uniform all the time. And her boobs. Donald Trump wants to bang his daughter. Nobody says anything about that. Yes, they do. (laughs) Everyone has said something about that. It is super creepy. Anyways, um, but so it had this these weird ups and downs and third episode is probably the best that I watch. I did watch only three episodes. Um, it does get better as I go along, but also all the yelling and the like I didn't like Gundam that much. Cause, <laughs> yeah. So if I didn't like Gundam, I'm probably you're, if you don't like Gundam, you're probably if, not going to like You're not big this. on Mecha. This is not going to be not that it's a huge part of the show. I think, you know, actual like robot battles. Yeah. Mech battles only take up 20% of the show. Yeah. It's mostly about these idiots interacting with each other. I do love the girls just sitting around having a conversation about how everyone is an idiot. And the and I guess she's like an android or something and she's I don't even remember what she is, yeah. Um she's just like fools. They're all fools. Yep, baka. It's a, yep. that's why it's why people in my generation know that baka means idiot in Japanese cuz that's why. Baka. This show was actually like I didn't remember this until much later. This show was the wallpaper on my ancient Dell. Oh, really? I had a illustrate. I had a wallpaper of it's kind of creepy, but of Eureka and Rory the kids' outfit. Okay, yeah. So skirt was mad short, uh, and also Rory was my Winamp skin. Really? <laughs> Let's really date ourselves. Wow. Remember Winamp kids? It's interesting that you say episode three you thought was the best. I, in my rewatch, got up to episode five, because I'm probably going to do a full rewatch of this. I haven't watched this show in like 10 years, and I'm already like, I love you all so much, I've missed you. Episode five, I really love that. So in episode four, they like are going to pick up more Estevaluses from like another outpost, and they get a few more trio of lady pilots. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yep. The main pilots are women and Akito. I really like that... That... They had so many female characters, and the captain was female, and she was really cool. It's probably it's probably more women than men, to be honest. I, I think so. I haven't and done, like, a full rundown. But like, I really like that the captain, they think, 
sometimes she's an idiot, but then she just surprises everyone. Mm. Like, she's going to meet her father at one point, and they're all like, you can't go and, like, give him the ship, and the only reason she actually did it was to get more information from him. Mm. She's and like, oh, I was never going to give him the ship. I'm a captain. Yeah, I'm, I'm a captain. I You have to always stay with your ship. And I was like, yeah, that's right. Episode four, they go to pick up some more pilots, and they go to grab a fifth Estevalis that has been, like, infected by the lizards. Um, so that's like it's an actiony episode. The fifth episode is like just a pause. Like they're on their way to Mars. Yeah. And there's nothing for them to do because the shields are so good. Every once in a while, there'll just be like a ping from the Jovians, like shooting a laser at them. And Yuriko will be like, "What's happening?" And she and Rory, the android girls, like, "It's fine. They're just like testing it out from this range. They can't do anything. Like, there's really nothing for us to do for like the next two weeks." Right. My favorite moments of Star Trek were always the moments where they were just sitting around doing nothing. You, like playing poker? Yeah. yeah. Like, I love those moments. Uh, I would take a full episode of just like showing me what happens, like at the little classroom thing or like, you know, the guy who bus boys at 10 forward. Like that, like <laughs> that interests me far more than like, you know, whatever's going on with the Borg. So I love the fact that this show took like an entire episode. Basically, the crux is <laughs> Eureka as the captain has to do all the funerals for all the people who've died. Right. <laughs> so she has to like... She's got to do a Catholic funeral. She's got to do a Buddhist funeral. And it's like her and like the business guy who's always got the calculator. Yeah. The big burly guy who was former military. I don't know what his real, what his yeah, role he's is. He's sort but of like, what would you call it? Like the CEO. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> of um, the project. And June, the guy who's in love with Eureka, who's like her best friend, whatever. Yeah. And he's like totally Which was actually a really big surprise in episode three. Oh, how he turned but didn't turn, or yeah, that you think he's going to become this possible supervillain type of thing, kind of yeah, or just some sort of like anti-hero. I don't know, something like that. But then he ends up; everyone ends up being friends again. <laughs> that was actually kind of nice. So it'll constantly be the four of them, like running down the hallway in a different outfit to go to the next funeral because right. they have like four hundred funerals to get through. <laughs> And it's promised in the Nurgal contract that, like, this is what they would do. Yeah. So you're seeing all these people throughout the ship while these funerals are all happening, kind of doing their own thing. Uh, you know, Akito's learning about cooking and, you know, because they have to cater all the funerals and yeah. the after, par- after parties. You don't have after parties at funerals. Not usually, um, unless it's awake. And at one point, Rory Board is playing, like, a fighter, like a Street Fighter type game. Yeah. But the, like, playable characters are the kanji for left and right. Amazing. And they're just, just left and right fighting each other. <laughs> what a stupid fucking bit. But, like, I love the fact that they would just waste an episode giving you nothing but character moments. And they do this a couple times. There's an episode later on, which I forgot about this. I found this reading wiki where they, like, throw a Geeky Ganger convention. Okay. And they yep. all, like, cosplay and, like, just talk about the show. and like That's amazing. <laughs> for whatever reason, thinking about my top tens after giving you FLC last week, I was thinking of, like, well, what else was in there? And I thought, yeah, space. She likes space. I do like space. See what she think of this. So, yeah. I'm glad we had that talk about it. Oh, wait. I have to read it, don't I? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say 6.5. 6.5. Uh, it, there were definitely good moments. Um, and if you're a massive anime fan, I think you'd really enjoy it. But it kind of slowed down and I didn't really care. And nah, 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 rah, 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 rah. So 6.5. Moving on. Um, so we, you were just talking about things that you love for whatever reason. And I was thinking about that, but I was also thinking about last week as I, when I described Tombstone, I said, Tombstone, sorry. I said that it was something that 
I will watch because it's comfortable. And this movie that I gave you is the same the the same way. I know this is not a great movie. <laughs> I am perfectly aware of that. But it's fun and it's space and there's people getting killed in really cool ways and cool planets and visuals and stuff. So I would just like to hear what you thought of the Chronicles of Riddick. Do you know what I realized? What? I have never watched a Vin Diesel movie. You've never watched a Vin Diesel movie. I have never watched Fast and Furious. Never watched Triple X. Never watched Pitch Black. Never watched any Riddick. So I don't know anything about Vin Diesel as a thing. Okay. I know you and I have talked about him before. Actually, I've never seen any of the Fast and the Furious movies. I've never seen Triple X, but this is what I know Vin Diesel from. And we've talked before. You've said before Vin Diesel. Uh, I think I knew this at least. Giant nerd. Yes. Super nerd. You've mentioned in the past uh, in his super nerdery, he plays D&D. He does. Yeah. He every forces. Every cast of every yeah. movie he works on. He forces them to play D&D with him. And I believe you mentioned that... The character yeah. of Riddick is influenced by his D&D character. Yes. You can tell. Uh, oh, yeah. What is the male equivalent of a Mary Sue? Uh, There's a word for it. Yeah. I've seen it. But. Oh, um, uh, something stew, like a berry stew or something. Well, we'll go with that. This is the textbook definition. Yeah. Oh, but before before you launch into it, uh-huh. I gotta give you some details. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Of course, we're just about to run into it. Yeah. What the hell's the Chronicles of Riddick, Caitlin? The, the Chronicle of Riddick is actually a sequel to. Sorry, it came out in two thousand four, and it was a sequel to an earlier movie called Pitch Black. Yes. Pitch Black was interesting in that it was a horror thriller, but it put it in space, and it sort of gave it this whole kind of back universal backstory there are these different planets there are these different types of people and one of the main characters was a character called riddick who was some sort of captive slash assassin and pitch black actually got really good reviews it was a fun movie it didn't take itself too seriously i don't think and the director david uh Twohe, I think that's how you say it. Twohe, yeah. The weirdo David Twohe um, decided to make a sort of expanded universe film about Riddick yes. and the rest of this, these people and worlds and stuff. Is it safe to say, did this come out before Fast and Furious? Is this the movie that made Vin Diesel? I don't think it did. I think Fast and Furious came out before it. Okay. I don't know about that. Possible. I'm actually going to look that up now. <laughs> you look that up now? Don't want to leave it to Jon Snow? No, he doesn't know every. He does. How is Johnson? I don't know. I haven't heard from him. What? He's very busy. He could have been stabbed by his brothers and left to die. <laughs> no, he you need couldn't to check have. up. I. He, he he's fine. He's just working. So first of all, uh, I'm going to say that the Iron Iron Giant put Vin Diesel on the map because it is a fantastic film. Nah, bruh. Um. Oh, or Boiler Room, also a good film. Did those come out before this? Yeah. Really? Uh, the Iron Giant Boiler Room came out the same year, but before Pitch Black. I got Boiler Room before Pitch Black? Yep. The Fast and the Furious came out right after Pitch Black. So it was okay. sort of like... Uh, eh, they were all kind of happening at the same and time. And then Triple uh, X. Uh, and he's done some other things okay, as well. Don't we run through his entire IMDb no. page. but God, he's done all kinds of stuff I've never seen. Anyways, it is a 
sequel to Pitch Black. And it follows the galactic criminal Riddick um, on the run uh, with bounty hunters after him. That's sort of sort of how you meet him in this continuation. Yes. Um, he ends up on a planet where he runs into Arion, an ambassador from uh, the race known as the Elemental Race. She warns him about a warrior army known as the Necromongers. Um, they are beginning to destroy all life in the galaxy uh, for universal dominance. And it kind of just goes on from there. You know how I am with details. I don't like to get too 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 much into it. It it is kind of one of those silly kind of space opery stories where this anti-hero gets sucked into saving the universe. However, it has really weird cameos. So there's oh, yeah. yeah. So of course Vin Diesel Vin Diesel plays Riddick. Um Carl Urban plays Vako. Thandie Newton plays Dame Vako. Judy Dench plays Arion. Col- what? <laughs> what? What? Why is she here? I don't know. She needed some money for a trip or something. I guess. She was redoing her kitchen or something. Uh, Colm Fjord uh, plays Lord Marshall. Canada's own. And Keith David plays the Imam. Voice of Goliath. Yeah. Oh, such a good voice. Um, Keith David actually is one of my favorite voice actors he turns up in all kinds of things okay so wait momoa no no no. <laughs> idris elba scars i'm not attracted to carl keith urban david. the voice of keith david <laughs> narrating eh, goliath i had a crush on goliath when i was a kid Ooh, that's complicated <laughs> my life is complicated <laughs> anyways yes riddick riddick caitlin yeah does this movie know it's bad oh yeah does it? Yes. Does it? Yes. Not sure it does. It definitely does. Hmm. Though it was 2004. That's the thing. This movie is the one note I have on here. This movie, and by extension, Vin Diesel. Yeah. As just like a dude. Yeah. And an actor. Yeah. And a thing. Uh-huh. Just seemed like a relic from another time. I can see that. Like, 9-11 had happened. We were three years out from 9-11. America and the world were trying, were starting to get their, starting to get their groove back a little bit. So, so here you talked about some of the things you liked about, uh, you know, that thing, the thing that we just talked about. Some of the reasons I liked Riddick so much is because at the time there wasn't that much space themed stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, there wasn't really Star Trek. Like it, it sort of all the Star Treks had kind of. Yeah, true. You might get a lame TNG movie that wasn't that great. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure I saw Nemesis in theaters. I was so (laughs) space hungry. There was no Star Wars. Space hungry. Space hungry. No Star Wars. Fiending for that space. There no. There really wasn't any fantasy. We didn't have any Game of Thrones. Like yeah, yeah, it's a valid point. It was a time where there wasn't a lot of that stuff, and we hadn't even had that TV resurgence of space themed stuff. No Battlestar Galactic. So, you know, there there was not a lot out there. I sort of latched on to anything I could, and the Chronicles of Riddick had perfect timing. It's, just, it's doing so much weirdness. It is. And some of it is, I mean, I kind of even cringe thinking about like it. Like the art, or the weird H.R. Giger, Ajace art direction, where like everything has a face on it. I it's like that. a statue, like. Picking its ear with a needle yeah, type it's thing. Yeah, weird, yeah. 
Necromonger is the worst name for anything. <laughs> I know. For anything. It's like, this is like a bad, that's like a bad 80s death metal album okay, name. Okay, so in Star Wars books, there was a Darth named Darth Deaddu. <laughs> it's like at that level of bad. It is very close. Um, and maybe it's just because my life is so imperfect, I can never fully invest in the character that just does everything. I get it, Riddick. You're a badass. No matter what's going to happen, nothing bad's ever going to happen to Riddick. He kills somebody with a teacup. He does. Just shoves it right in their chest. It's amazing. Is it? Oh, also, there's a level of gore that I really like. It wasn't that No, it wasn't gory. that gory. But when you're gore and space starved, you'll really take anything you, you can get. Also, if I had been doing a shot every time he adjusted, removed, or replaced his goggles, yeah, I'd, I'd be dead. He really likes those goggles. We would not be doing a show right now. I would be in the hospital getting all of my <laughs> blood replaced. Um, sorry. There is one moment in the final showdown uh, where he actually like is startled by something, and it's shot in such a weird way. It's like, so he's finally having his showdown with the Grand Marshal. So his whole thing is... Uh, so the, the, the Lord Marshal. Sorry, you Lord, said Grand, Lord Grand Marshal. Lord Marshal. Lord High Grand Marshal. Yeah, whatever you want. Marshal. Darth Deadu. <laughs> Darth Deadu. Their whole thing is like they love deadness. They love being dead. They're yeah. waiting for the underverse, the quasi dead, which is the uh, I guess the world under this one. It's where they're all trying to get to, which I guess makes you live forever. I don't know. Um, I'm that dude who wonders where the money came from to like <laughs> build this armada, like. If you just embrace death, do you just get like, you know, is it like the ultimate cheat code? You can build as many ships and giant face covered spires, planet exterminating spires as you can Maybe op- take. There are a lot of goth kids in this universe and they really <laughs> love dead stuff and they've got a really good The Necromonger started by opening an intergalactic a chain of hot topics and yeah, that's how they basically <laughs> that's, that's what they was all of this. Um Final showdown, his whole jam, his powers are like, he can kind of be in two places at once, like his soul can be in one spot and his body can be in another. Yes. So, it's the final fight, which is really kind of a letdown, Riddick just kind of like walks into the the main ship or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, starts throwing down with Comb Fiore, who I will always see as Pierre Trudeau. Oh, yeah, I remember that. He played Trudeau, he yes. played Trudeau in a miniseries. Comb Fiore is zipping is around. Is it Fiore? Like, I thought it was Fiore. Fiore? Fiore? Oh, I, I don't know. Uh, Comb Fiore is zipping around like he's gone fucking Super Saiyan. Yeah. And Riddick is just kind of like... <laughs> it's, Vin Diesel does not sell the like attack he's receiving very well. He just kind of like bobs back and forth. It's it's. I burst out laughing. It's very comical <laughs> the way he like pantomimes getting beat up. Because he never wants to show too much pain because he's Vin Diesel. He doesn't want to show that he's in too much danger. No, he's Riddick. He's Vin Diesel. He's Riddick. I read he, he mortgaged his house to make this movie. Or the they ran out of money, and he put up like a shit ton of his own money to possibly, get this movie made. Or was it the was it the sequel to this one, or the? I'm pretty sure it was this one. Oh, okay. Um, we always know I'm more forgiving of things that are over and done in one. Like when you give me movies, yeah, I love, I love it. It's done. It doesn't require anything else from me. I got the full story. Yeah. There, I just like. Let me walk this back. Oh wow! There was a long pause there. <laughs> in 2004. Yeah. I was, it was maybe my last year in Windsor okay. and surrounding area. And I was fucking miserable because I felt like the total the definition of the square peg in the round hole. Okay. Like just the world. 
I lived in and by extension the world as a whole, like I just did not fit. I did not know what my jam was or where I belonged. This movie kind of reminded me of that mindset. Right. Like this movie was a success? Uh no. <laughs> okay. It wasn't a box office success, but what happened was it got this cult following because people were really space starved. Or they or it was the Vin Diesel thing because I just feel I watching this man act. Yeah. I'm making air quotes. Yeah. Act just really felt like a window back in time. Like I actually googled unified theory of Vin Diesel this morning. I just I want somebody to explain him to me. I don't know what his deal is. And watching him do his thing just really put me back in mind of like the headspace I was in in 2004 where I was like the world no longer makes sense to me. Because wow. this is what the people wanted then. Wow. They wanted Vin Diesel. They wanted, well, a, they wanted They wanted a movie like this. They wanted space action fighting movie. So much of it did not make any fucking sense to me. <laughs> if you can explain the temperature differential between that planet where you can run in the shade and it's fine. Well, it's not fine. It's hot. You're just not going to burn to <laughs> it's death. It's balmy. But the second the sun <laughs> comes up, you explode. <laughs> Doesn't seem plausible to me. Um, makes for a nice bit of action, I guess. But it's I guess there's a huge amount of suspension of disbelief, which is that fantasy science fiction thing. But like it just felt like, you know, it just felt like a dude building his own toy box and play acting in it. Uh-huh. Like like you said, if his D&D character is like, it's always great with knives. He's always whipping knives out of everywhere. He can kill somebody with anything. He can... I never saw Pitch Black. I don't know anything about this character. I don't yeah. know why everybody gasps whenever Furians are mentioned. Like, <gasps> Furians? I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so that's literally what happens. They mention Furians and Comb Fiori, like his three-faced helmet, like falls off of his head. And he's like, by the way, that poor man had to walk around with that thing on his head for like at least two months. Terrible. Uh, Judy Dench got her cash in like two days and was out. Yeah. She, even then, she, she was like a wind elemental. So she was only had to be in the movie like twice. The rest of the time, it was just like translucent CG <laughs> running around. I literally was making the Jackie Chan meme face for like 90% of this movie. I was just, <laughs> I was just like... <laughs> uh, uh. And, that's, and that's on me. I'm not even saying like it's a bad movie. I'm it's just a saying bad it movie. Just, it just put me in mind of like because like I don't, I don't watch these movies. Well I don't, see what's so weird about this is that there's a lot of stuff that you've described that happens in animes and in, if it's anime <laughs> form you're like it's fine it's an anime i have such low expectations of anime something that costs a bajillion fucking dollars you know something that costs the gross domestic product of you know uruguay i expect actually, to be of a actually, higher Ur- uruguay has probably a pretty good gross domestic product yeah no exactly it probably does <laughs> well, <laughs> so this movie should be better i guess <laughs> I'm just I always underestimate anime so when anime pulls it out I'm like good for you anime look, look at you, you did it <laughs> look, look at what so, you've done <laughs> good for you participation award um, but like a major Hollywood multi-million dollar blockbuster I don't know I just expect it to you know it's that thing where we where you just like you said about Tombstone it's like how did Tombstone start as a good western yeah and get this like shitty romance shoehorned into it or do whatever i'm gonna say twohe because he's a weirdo well you said this is the second time you said that why is he a weirdo? he just he's one of those directors who like appear at the beginning of the movie 
<laughs> like talk to the audience about the movie. His motivation. He, he's he ha- it, it, I have this box set of Riddick, and he talks about Riddick, and it's just weird. And then they made the movie called Riddick, which was the. I was very confused by because that's on Netflix, and yeah. Chronicles is not, and I almost watched the wrong. Thing. <laughs> and it's 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 actually just awful. Um, and there are bits of it that are fun, but a whole bunch of it, I'm just like that movie doesn't exist. So I mean, I think. And, I mean, this can... God forbid we go back to that discussion we hate having. Uh, as far as movie stardom goes, I really feel like your ability to tolerate this movie is wholly dependent on if you can tolerate Vin Diesel. That is probably a good assessment. And I'm not saying... I, I Vin Diesel, I appreciate you. I know you listen. I appreciate you for who you are and what you do. Like, you fucking just had no problem saying I am Groot for a hundred times because you just wanted to be in Guardians that badly. Like... I appreciate you for what you for as batshit crazy as you appear to be. He's not crazy. He was in the Iron Giant and he did a great job. <laughs> that movie took heart. He is one of our ambassadors. He's one of us. I appreciate that. You make some interesting choices, my friend. Yeah. And you made some interesting choices here. And I guess for the experience of you know <laughs> try it out. Try everything once. Try Coke. No. Try meth. No. Try, try a Vin Diesel movie. Wait. No. Stop, stop talking. <laughs> You're telling people to do bad things except for the Vin Diesel movie thing. If it's the Chronicles of Riddick. Or actually, I would I would say... See, I would have given you Pitch Black because Pitch Black is a much better Whatever movie. Pitch Black is not a bad movie. It's, it's a much better movie, but it's not my comfort food movie, right? It's, you wanted me to get that full on Vinny Vin. Well, it's just when I'm... There's a couple of movies that when I don't know what to watch, I pull them out. If I'm thinking space, there are like three movies. And this is one of them. So the other one is Fifth Element. The Fifth Element is Love. It is. Um, And the third one is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, Which, weirdly, a lot of people don't like. But I do. So. So, yeah. uh, If we're giving a rating to this. Like a 5.5. Ooh. Yeah, no, but I figured as much. Well, it was sort of like a toss-up where you're just going to bask in the ridiculousness of everything that was going on. or Which I'm kind of it. tempted to do. Because it's really ridiculous. It is so ridiculous. And I wasn't expecting that. That's why I asked. Like, I don't know if this movie knows it's bad or not. You think it knows it's bad. I, I don't yeah. know that it does. Maybe I think not. they really thought they were killing it in 2004. And maybe I thought that. All I know is now <laughs> I put it on. Kind of like Fifth Element. Fifth Element, when you first watch it, is like, oh, there's movie's awesome and then when you really stop to think about things in the movie and you're like none of this makes sense why would you ever stop to think about (laughs) plausibility of the fifth element well exactly right well that is available next to tombstone in the honest ed's dvd (laughs) section or yet again you can borrow it from caitlin and i'll give you the the box that i have and martian successor nadesco like i said is available uh in a full box set from Nozomi Entertainment. I think it's like 60 bucks. You get the full 26 episodes. Do we have any updates, Caitlin McKinnon? Yes. I haven't fin- finished FLCL. I was going to try and watch something called Dark Matter, which maybe you've heard some buzz. That might be the other thing Alex was suggesting. Alex suggested two things to us. Yep. Listener, uh, Alexandria Sim, we love you. Uh, suggested Killjoys and Dark Matter may have been the other I thing. started Killjoys so I've seen the first episode but this was a while ago of Killjoys and then Dark Matter I just started watching and I had to stop you have wide eyes are you excited about it? 
Mm. Nah. Let's hope it gets better. Okay. Cautiously optimistic? Cautiously. Well, not even that, because when it first started, I went, this is Deep Water Black plus Killjoys <laughs> plus a little bit of Firefly. Like, it, they, it's kind of this thing that they've mashed together. D- do you remember Deepwater Black? No. Oh, the name is familiar. Man, but. I may give you Deepwater Black. <laughs> Ruh-roh. Yeah, you should be worried. <laughs> um, it's Canadian. It's oh, set in space. No, it's out. from the 90s. No, I'm out. I can't do it. <laughs> I, I it's going to make you. fucking Chronicles of Riddick look like... <laughs> yeah, it will actually. Look like... Yeah, but then... So I was really upset because I really wanted something to start watching. And I tried watching Bloodlines... Have you seen oh, it? Oh, a Netflix show? <laughs> it made me, I was up all night, just jittery, not knowing what was going to happen in the next episode. That's like the one thing I have, like, about, you know, normally, like, any Netflix show, any Netflix exclusive, I will check out. Yeah. Like, like you're talking to a man who binged Narcos in, like, three days. <laughs> Narcos! <laughs> Loved it so bad. Loved it. Uh, for some reason, Bloodline, I never, I never just hit the play button. On. Well, we, so Bloodline, we, I have friends who've been talking about it almost for like a year now mm. and then we finally tra- like checked it out and both of us couldn't take the tension like it was just too tense so then we went <laughs> making a full circle to our anxiety issues yeah. from the top of the show and then we were like oh hey something set in space great and that was sort of uh and then we i started watching uh d space nine. Oh god yeah you're never following up on anything Pasta never going to get finished. It's FLCL never going to get finished. It's going Hacha never going to get finished because it, it, it's all it's, just seven seasons of Deep it, Space Nine. It's gonna. It's. I'll finish it. Mm-hmm. I'll tr- I'm gonna try and finish something for next week. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. I have updates. Guess what's back, Caitlin? What's back? Guess who's back? Who's back? Super pervy. <laughs> Food Wars came <sighs> back. Second season debuted a week ago. About a week ago. Uh, I've seen both episodes of the new season. It is as ridic- delightfully ridiculous as it always was. You keep on sending me like images and I don't know what's going <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, because it's fucking stupid and I love it. We're in the midst of the autumn elections. Soma has advanced to the semifinals. I think he won the bento battle. Last I saw the ramen battle between Megumi and Rio was shaking out. They illustrated this battle by going full JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. That's the second image I sent you, where they just totally changed the art style. <laughs> and uh, they yes. had, like, anthropomorphic fish and lobster fighting each other. Okay. We're a little worried because they have cut the episode count in half Oh, for this season. That's they weird. Like, 24 episodes for season one. They are doing 13 this run. So, like, the premiere of the second season, you saw, like, Soma's entire battle play out, like, in one episode. Which... I kind of like because under traditional anime rules, that would be like six episodes long. Right. <laughs> It'd be like people yelling and flashbacks and whatever. And then you would get to who won. It's going to be interesting to see. I know the manga readers are already complaining about like, oh, they cut so much, blah, blah, blah. Well, you have the manga. You know, if you want to read some side story where they go to the beach, go fucking read the manga. Mm. Um, wow. <laughs> come on. I am partially here for a little more condensed, concentrated storytelling. Yeah, still, still stupid. I thought they weren't going to go... Super creepy with it. And then Soma's opponent tried uh, his dish. She wanted to try it. And yeah, her clothes exploded and she... Lots of squishing and... Of course. Fluids flying everywhere. Of course, because it's a gross show. <sighs> Delicious food. Gross show. <laughs> food so Didn't just watch pasta. <laughs> and then gross happens on pasta. <laughs> How dare you. Uh, I have, oddly enough, I have a couple gaming updates as oh, well. Oh, yes. I've, I've found time to game. Uh, because after our discussion on Tales from the Borderlands a few weeks back, Caitlin brought me the actual game, Borderlands, yep. which she has not even played. 
She was nice enough to leave that with me. Finally got some time yesterday to dig into it, and uh, that, combined with the uh, celebratory traffic chaos of Portugal's Euro, Euro win, uh, <laughs> meant I got no sleep before I went to work yesterday. Great. Because uh, Borderlands is super sweet, you guys. It's fun. It's a pretty dope game. Yeah, it's what they say on the cover is what it is. It's an action RPG slash first-person shooter. I typically hate first-person shooters. I'm not a fan. This combines grinding and numbers and <laughs> collecting more crap than you could ever possibly need. And shooting, which you're terrible at. <laughs> Caitlin, wa- <laughs> Caitlin watched me finish something up this, as she got here today and watched me just spray bullets all over the uh, all over the desert fields of Pandora and not hit anything. Yep, it was entertaining. Listen, that's another reason why I hate for per- first-person shooters. Uh, most importantly, the humor that we and the writing that we all loved from Tales from the Borderlands yeah. is very much present in this game. So, Excellent. So when you get to it, I think you will enjoy that. Uh, as well... Most of my gaming before this, and typically is uh, tablet-based, um, as Louis C.K. says, the only reason apps exist is because we can't masturbate in public, <laughs> so I always, sometimes I just focus on one, and I just get, like, waste too much time on it, and I've been spending time with something called Final Fantasy Brave Exvius. It's good? It's weird. Okay. It's a super Asian-y, like, I think what they call a social RPG. Right. Which basically just means they kind of throttle you. Like, you can only do so much at a time. It's like you have energy and you spend energy to go do quests. And, yes. And you run out and you can't do any more. There's you... bars that go ding <laughs> and they are magic drops. So previously I had been playing Final Fantasy Record Keeper, which was basically the appeal there was you were just playing scenes from all the Final Fantasy games. Right. And all the characters were like 16-bit sprites. Cloud and Sephiroth and Titus on like sprite form. And there's just a turn-based, you know, battle game. And I've never spent a dollar on it. Yeah. Even though, like, you can buy all the fucking mithril and gems you (laughs) want to, like, you know, recharge your energy or do relic draws or whatever. Like, I've never... I have never done that. uh, Which basically means I've been grinding on it technically for a year. This one seems to... It's a full story where basically these two characters, again, because Final Fantasy knows where the money's at, these two characters are given the power of visions. Apparently it's done by this company that did a game called Brave Frontier, I think it was called, which was very popular. And this is essentially them doing that game with the Final Fantasy characters. Right. And it's very similar in style and leveling as well to a game called Puzzles and Dragons, which I don't know if you ever played. Oh, yeah. No, I've never played it, but I, I'm not a huge app game player because bad things happen. <laughs> and then I have to delete them from my phone. All the money goes away. Uh, actually, it's not the money. It's just time. time? I just sink time into it. Um, yeah, basically... With Puzzles and Dragons, you would, like, get more characters than you would ever need. Yeah. And you would essentially, like, use your spare characters to level up the ones you liked, and that's what you're doing here. You get units, and the units can be either, I think, characters from Brave Frontier or characters from all throughout Final Fantasies. So I've got, like, Golbez from 5, and I've got Terra in a Magitek armor from 6, and the story's terrible, the writing is garbage, but... The graphics are really nice, and it's just, you know, it's it's got a smidge of strategy, like not too much. Right. But I mean, your typical, like, you know, using, exploiting elemental weaknesses and shit like that, and chaining attacks together and whatnot. You were talking about games. Yeah. So I don't play a lot, like I was saying, of, like, phone games or app games or anything like that, uh, mobile games, but I play a lot of board games. Oh, what do we got? Well, someone you said was excited about Sushi Go. Sushi Go, yes. Got a, got a response from a listener. Super excited. 
So if there is a game uh, and you like, or you know a gamer who likes to spend a lot of money on nice games, because I didn't realize how much this game was because I got it as a gift, mm-hmm. um, but someone who I played it with loved it so much they went out to try and buy it and it was like $85. Um, but the game is called Tokaido and it is Unfamiliar. one of the most beautiful games I've ever played. It's a lot of fun. It doesn't take too long to play. The rules are a little complicated, so you might want to find a tutorial um, on YouTube. There's a ton of them. But it's it's great. And once you learn the rules, it's really easy to explain to other people. And uh, like I said, absolutely stunning uh, game. Really, really well done. A lot of fun. And uh, Tokaido. And it's called to- Tokaido. Well, there you go, board gamers. Never heard of Tokaido. It's super expensive, apparently. Oh, unless if someone can find it for cheaper, please let me know because this person really wants to buy it and does not want to spend uh, an arm and a leg. Where did you get it? it? Uh, someone got it as a gift for me. Oh, well. Though now I have to give him a hard time because I didn't realize how expensive it was. <laughs> what started as a nice gesture has now just made Caitlin feel guilty and she will yell at you. And super uncomfortable. Holy shit, we've been yammering for two hours. Yeah. You got to cut this one down. Suck it, people who think the show's <laughs> Man, you're going to... I'm going to be so mad today. You're going to think we did this on purpose. No, we had a lot of... There's a lot of dead dead air and yammering in there. Yep. Not going to be fun for me, though. So that, I believe, is just going to about do it for another episode of the Geek Down Podcast. As we said at the top, if you would like to get in contact with us about anything, you can email us at geekdownpod at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at geekdownpod. The Tumblr is geekdownpod.tumblr.com. As well, there is a Facebook group. It is www.facebook.com mm-hmm. forward slash forward. Geek Down Pod. Geek Down Pod. Get at us. If you want to yell at me about anything, you can do that at Jordan underscore Ferguson. If you want to yell at Caitlin. You can't. Tough shit. Not happening. She does not exist. No, not online. Not really. <laughs> Barely here. I'm like an elemental. She's the Judy Dench of nerd podcasts. Damn right I am. She just kind of wisps in her immaculately quaffed wig. I wish. This is sounding better and better. <laughs> so she's she's kind of down with this idea. And then she just billows away into the arms of, of Jason Momoa. <laughs> if you made it through this entire episode, we hope you come back next week. We'll try and shorten it up for you next week. Listen to this one in parts. Yeah, li- listen. Listen. You love us. Why don't you want us with you on your way into work and your way home? Give you something to look forward to on the way home from work. That's there all I'm saying. There you go. We will be back here next week for another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. And we will see you back here next week. See you guys. Motherfucker. <laughs> Going your days grow up. All right. Yeah.
You wrapped it up? Yep. Got it out of your system? Big finish. <laughs> baka, baka. <laughs>